Alrighty, hello, welcome, episode four forty nine. I'm your host Ryan Johnson. Um, with me today, Tim Spence. Oh, that's me. I was pointing at Matt. You were pointing at yourself. I thought. No, I was pointing at Matt below me. Down. But I don't. I don't know if you have the same layout. Like, I don't have the same layout. You guys. Yeah. So like, yeah. is this like the Brady Bunch? He's over there. Did the Brady <laughs> yeah, Bunch like fuck go. up the pointing <laughs> lunch? <laughs> looking at me. What if I go? <laughs> yeah, you go. Looking at Adriano on my screen. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yo. <laughs> yeah. He's over there to me. Adriano's here. Hey. Matt's here. I am. Matt's all dingy. It's, all, it's always dingy in here. <laughs> <laughs> dingy to me is like dirty. Like dirty oh. and like wet. You know, like a dingy cave. Uh, so actually, funny enough, the original plastic cover is still on the lens <laughs> of my webcam. <laughs> Not too that you, wait, you haven't taken <laughs> it off? No, it's just right there. I can see Matt, it. See the little tab. Like, <laughs> he puts his hand up to the camera. Do that again, Matt. <laughs> Why? What's what's so funny? I don't know. It's just it's just a funny image of Matt like playing with his camera. Oh, just just pointing at the camera. <laughs> yeah. Uh Dingy. Uh according to Oxford, gloomy and drab. All right. I don't know. I guess it's just maybe the context that I've always heard it in because I always associate uh, some dingy, dingy with like dungeon. Like I would dirty say dingy and... is dirty and like kind of humid or something. Yeah, yeah, moist. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> Ew. Uh, all right. We're going to start with our 25 uh, fun facts. Oh, actually, I'm not going to read all 25. <laughs> 25 <laughs> speed mode. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to give you two today because one's kind of short and not all that interesting. Well, it's interesting, but it's just it's a glitch. It's not really a fun fact. Um, so anyway, this is number four on the list. Uh, the lion that would eat itself. This is from Game Informer, by the way. Uh, Scribble Dots almost launched with a strange bug in which a lion would eat itself if bacon was glued to its back. The odd occurrence was found in the late stages of AI finalization. Who, who stuck bacon to the back of a lion in Scribble Dots? Like, well, you can, oh, you can, shit. You can do that kind of stuff in there, right? Right, but there's so many options. Who was like, yep, okay, a little bit of glue there. Carry like some tape. All right, yeah, some I, bacon. I don't remember being able to stick things to other things. But did you spawn dots. glue? No, I didn't. I never tried using glue. Although I don't see them implementing a whole sticking mechanic just for the off chance that somebody uses like tape or glue. But now in I gotta the, go back and play Scribble Knots Unlimited on my fucking so many options 3DS or whatever it was. On the Wii U, for sure, you could stick things together. I remember like trying to fix chains or like broken things with glue. Oh. Scribble Knots is one of my earliest interaction, like my memories of interaction with you, Ryan. Was was at school. You were playing Marty's Scri- 3DS? Maybe you were playing Scribble Knots, and we were beside you were beside me, and uh you were having problems with a bridge there was like a fire pit and you kept on trying to put bridge down and kept on just blowing up and you're like <laughs> i don't know how to get past this and i look over and i go try ceramic bridge and you tried ceramic bridge and it worked you're like thank you, and you on the game. that's like one of my earliest memories of you so pragmatic i don't remember that but because i never had a um uh like a 3ds or anything like that unless i was playing marty's for some reason unless he'd show, yeah, show I, me yeah. his because <clears throat> I remember Unless, he, yeah, he had brought his 3ds to uh to like class, and I had brought my Vita. So the Vita. Had just I remember. Come out. I remember Marty bringing the 3ds to the cellar. Yeah, we had lunch there, and him whipping out the you know the the augment cards. Yeah, and then just having like a I think it was like Mario or whatever, just like running around. Mm-hmm. 
I thought that was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. I think my, my sister's Mercedes does that. They're, she doesn't have a manual. It's just like the there's like a just an augment sheet that comes in the car and you put it down and then the, the, you get the app and then just like it brings a 3D version of it. And then and you Mario's can Mario's like, running around inside her car. Exactly. That's yeah, it. That's, yeah, it was, that's uh, it was cross from if you notice there's a Mercedes in uh in Mario Kart. There's a Mercedes. There are three of them. Yeah. But and then, and then you can like zoom in and you tap what you want to know and it'll like go into those systems. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's a, I feel that's like a I could just fact. sit there. There's another fun fact. I can just sit there and like do that for an hour. Just like, oh, what's this? Oh, what, what is that? Oh, what does this do? <laughs> uh number five on the fun fact list. The lunch bell uh, yeah, the lunch bell nuke. The satisfying ding that rings out when a fat man nuke is launched in Fallout 3 is the lunch bell from the Bethesda Softworks cafeteria. The fat man itself is modeled after an actual nuke launcher called the M388 Davy Crockett Tactical Nuclear Recoilless Rifle, which was developed in the Holy 1950s. Christ. I actually knew that one. No, you knew that one. Oh, cool. About the, uh, the, the M388 Davy Crockett Tactical Nuclear Recoilless Rifle? No, not about the uh, M388 Davy Crockett recoilless uh, tactical, tactical nuclear nuclear rifle. Like, <laughs> no, I didn't know was that like, part, yeah, no. I have one. It's right yeah. here. Just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Which way is Ryan? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you have it. Uh, let's hop into the news for the week. This one's kind of taken the internet by storm. Red Dead Redemption on PS4 and Nintendo Switch confirmed PC gamers left hanging. This is from IGN. And uh, Xbox. Uh, no. Oh, 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 Xbox left hanging, right? Yeah. Well, we'll get into that, I guess. Uh, Rockstar's 2010 Western Adventure, which only launched on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, is being ported to PS4 and Switch by UK developer Double Eleven Studios with PlayStation 5 backwards compatibility supported. Uh, the port is not a remaster or a remake, but a, quote, conversion, according to Rockstar, and includes newly supported languages such as simplified and traditional Chinese, Korean, Polish, Brazilian, uh, Brazilian Portuguese, Russian, and Latin American Spanish. It costs $49.99 on the Nintendo Switch eShop and PlayStation Store, with physical versions arriving October 13th. Um, so just to address what Adriano kind of brought up, you can still play the original uh, Red Dead 360 version on an Xbox One. Um, or an Xbox Series X and S, I guess. All right. I think everything from the for everything from the 360 forward, in theory. Well, some things don't work. So not, not all 360 games are supported. <laughs> no, no, so specifically Red Dead. Will yes, yeah. yes. So a lot of people are upset by the price. I don't know how you guys feel about the price because, like, not a lot has actually been done. It does come with the Undead Nightmare uh, uh, expansion, and but it, but you do lose the multiplayer. But how do you how do you guys feel about fifty dollars uh, American? Uh, all right. Um, oh, video is American. Yeah. Well, they're at oh. they're at seventy nine ninety nine right now for full retail AAA game. No, seventy dollars. They're they at sixty nine ninety nine. The standard used to be sixty. They went up to seventy. Well, so then, like that's still a pretty fresh price increase. So <laughs> would it would people be upset or would you guys be upset at thirty nine ninety nine? I think that's more st- stomachable. But Anything I, less right, is better. <laughs> Right, but what I'm what I'm trying to say is is that this is kind of like a thirty nine ninety nine because we're not used to the price increase. Mm-hmm. I'd also say that it it's at least commendable that they're telling us it's a conversion, and it's not some remake or remaster where they're like, "Don't worry, it has way better lighting or like way better textures," and then 
It just doesn't. At least it's clear well, what we're getting here. Like, if you don't like it, you know what it is. Well, uh, Rockstar has traditionally not kind of labeled any of their versions. Like when they when they do a port or they bring something over, they just name it the name of the game, and it's just on that platform. Uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, Definitive Edition Five. Oh, is a good that because that one came on 360, right? That's the 360. Yeah, yeah so that one came with 360, then it came to Xbox One, and like that thing has has had multiple. Okay iterations and even when they brought it to the pc and they introduced a first person mode which was a wild thing to do they didn't it wasn't grand theft auto pc edition or grand theft auto like remaster like it was just grand theft auto 5 and that right was right it. they didn't they didn't they didn't segregate into its own release they do they do market the change though so if you're a person that's that's interested in hey should i buy like i have the 360 version of gta 5 should I purchase the Xbox One version? If you go looking, there is official Rockstar material that will let you know, hey, there's a first-person mode. Uh, hey, the textures are better. Those type of things. So Red Dead Redemption is on the Xbox Store Canada is $29.99 plus tax. Mm-hmm. Is now, that with Undead Nightmare as well? I, I don't think so. It likely isn't. If I, because it wouldn't let me search, I couldn't get. Uh, Actually, I wonder if that's how they derive this price. Because I do have a story to follow this up with. Um, the Take Two CEO, he's he he's saying that the Red Dead Redemption port pricing is commercially accurate. So if they're already selling the base Red Dead Redemption for thirty dollars, you know, and then plus twenty dollars for the DLC, yeah, you can kind of uh, see their justification, right? Okay, but here's the thing: though. this is twenty nine ninety nine Canadian. Your, oh, so it's probably it like twenty yeah, bucks so, American. So that's fifty American. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Undead Nightmare Pack on the Canada mm-hmm. store is only nine ninety nine. Okay. So you're looking at thirty bucks for everything. Now they're Canadian. now yes, Canadian. So I'm already, but there are other little tiny things like there are a couple packs that are like a dollar two, like Golden Guns Pack, Deadly Assassin. Like there are things here and there. Mm-hmm. So you know, adding another five dollars to that stuff. You're still looking at 35 Canadian for everything when you have a 50 American. Um, I, I like, I have to imagine that they've done because they said, did they see they're doing any cleanup or just no cleanup at all? Not from what I can see. I think That's Tim, you odd. thought they had updated the lighting or anything, but I haven't been able to find that. Um, I, I mean, I'm fairly sure just from because of sort of seeing it back to back. It definitely looks better to me, but did you did you see could... the, the the tweet, Tim? Like, is that what you're talking about? Because I saw a tweet of there was a few screenshots, but the one that stood out to me was I think it was in Mexico, and it was like there was this big bright white building, this like stone building behind somebody, and the sun's obviously super bright there. It's the desert, and it's super blown out in the original version, but then the new version, it's you know colorful there's it's almost like there's hdr there's contrast there's colors it looks a lot better i don't know if those are real screenshots though i just saw them in passing on twitter i mean the consoles probably might upscale it to some degree right there might be just normal things it can um uh take advantage of because i think even x on, on xbox one not even series x or s red dead redemption looks better than it did on 360 with without any upgrades right it's running at a higher frame rate too right yeah, it might just have like an open frame rate or something. Maybe I don't know. 
but I didn't see anything in the announcement that it was. Although, was there an announced trailer? I'm not sure about the trailer, but in terms of the frame rate, that one video that you sent me, Ryan, about of uh, someone from IGN, I think it was Destin, yeah. talking about the the some developers like commenting on Larian and and the whole Baldur's Gate situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that video, he says something like, "There, you know, they didn't even touch on or talk about 60 FPS." Right. So I don't know whether they mentioned frame rate at all. If that remains true, maybe they've talked about it since. Yeah, my understanding is this is just kind of a straight port. And I think what they're trying to do is to say, like, this was stuck on PS3 mm-hmm. for PlayStation people. I don't think it ever launched on the Nintendo platform, right? Um, and so this is just a way for those people to have access to it now. It's not, I don't think they want it to really be seen as a, this is the definitive, you know, Red Dead experience in 2023. It's just we're bringing it off of a console it was locked to uh, for PlayStation fans, right? If we and look at it through that Nintendo fans. Well, if we look at it through that lens, then and we, we say, let's say we, one of us was like on the Wii U and then eventually upgraded to a switch when it came out and we never got to experience Red Dead Redemption through that lens. Do you guys think that forty nine ninety nine American is acceptable? Because it's kind of like the story hasn't degraded. Yeah, I mean, I'm, on the, you know, I'm on the fence. I, I, I understand people's being upset, but I'm, I'm also not that upset myself, you know. Um, but it is a 13 year old game that they just ported. I know, I know that tech costs money and time, but you know, this is this is a re release like the the one that's been sitting on the Xbox store, which I think is Xbox Series X and S enhanced or Xbox One enhanced or something, which is why it looks better and runs nicer than it does it did on a 360. Um, like that version though has been sitting in its original state, just sort of sitting on the Xbox store, sitting on discs, if you can get your hands on them uh, for, you know, a number of years, this is admittedly a new version, but I am also on the fence where it's like, well, yeah, like this is, you know, this is an older game. Why is it so much? However, Nintendo does this type of shit all the time where they don't really lower the price of their games very often. Right. There's like some sales. They're very few and far between like as precedent, right. For that. Right. But I mean, I don't know. I, trying to keep it fair, I guess, in my own head. How many times has Adriano, like how many times have you repurchased the same old uh, uh, retro games? Now, admittedly, those games are not, you know, $100 or whatever it is. They're not super, super expensive, but you have repurchased games when your Wii has broken and things like well, that yeah, because Nintendo doesn't have the the sort of digital library building, or at least not yet. Yeah, I don't think they will. That's a conversation for another time. I'm just kind of uh, trying to quickly watch the trailer, the announcement trailer for the PS4. It's only like a minute long, actually. But so, like, for me, I don't have right now. Okay. I, I said this and you had a counter. I said, I don't have a way to play this. I want to play this. And you're like, and you said, you have a PS5. You just play there. And I'm like, all oh, right. I do have a PS5. <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't want to play on my PlayStation. I wanted to play it on my PC. Yeah. So I, 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 spiritually speaking i don't have a way to play it i wonder if that's a more difficult task too i'm not i'm I'm no game developer i don't know what it takes um you know especially with when it comes to porting but like is that a different task to, to port a ps3 game to pc than it is just ps3 to ps4 you know uh possibly but it, like you said, it's a 13-year game. Like I, I, I seriously doubt that in the years leading up to its release and the years since its release, so 
15 to 16 years that there wasn't a discussion or some sort of foundation to have a PC port. Like Rockstar has had to try something to some degree at some point. Mm-hmm. Is this a response to the response to, uh, that the audience had to Grand Theft Auto Definitive Edition? Where people were complaining that you couldn't, say, play the original version, or you couldn't purchase, rather, the original version of, say, San Andreas, but you could play this buggy, kind of crappy running, chunky game that it needed to be patched. And it was, you know, a lot of people said it was ruined in the Definitive Edition because those games were, you know, whatever you want to call them, remake or remastered, but they were worked upon and they were made modern, more modern, and people didn't like that. Uh, and then they especially, like I said, didn't like that they took away the store listings for those older games. So is this them saying, well... We'll make it on modern platforms. We'll make it accessible everywhere except for PC, but we'll make it available <laughs> everywhere on the on the platforms, right? Like mm-hmm. they, it was available on PlayStation. Now it's available on modern PlayStation. It was never available on Switch. Now it's available on Switch. So it's it's a console game, and it's available everywhere. You can play it anywhere on anything that's modern. Is is this a resp- is this you know base say quote unquote basic conversion a, a response to that definitive edition that GTA had? So you you think like they didn't want to risk screwing it up like they did with the GTA remasters? Yeah, those had, those had a bunch of bugs and and graphical issues and all sorts of crazy things happening in there, right? And and for forty nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. which I know the price is controversial, but I would say PC folk would get actually pretty pissed and see it as more of a say an insult they've, almost because if it was they've like, gotten a lot of bad ports yeah. uh, in recent times here. Well, and also $50 on PC for a game that's, you know, 13 years old or whatever we said is, you know, to run on modern hardware. It's like, cool, it runs on modern hardware, but this game is old as hell. Like, it looks not like a modern PC game at it, all. It looks awesome, though. I'm watching the trailer. It, it looks pretty good. It's, it's pretty impressive. One. The, the original Red Dead. Oh. But, well, yeah. the the trailer they released for the announcement of it coming to PS4. Yeah, and that's it, why it's I a have, pretty nice looking game. I have that's why I have to think that the piece this PS4 one is going to be running better to some degree than the Xbox one. Like they had to have done work to optimize it for that system. Like they they just don't take it and throw it there. They had to go in and kind of play around with it. So I have to imagine they did some sort of cleanup. And that's why I'm kind of. Like I just read the press release too. There's nothing in the press release about any changes. So any like creative changes or any sort of no, no, no technical changes. No, just that it's coming. You you know what? You know what this could be ultimately is like this game does run better. Like that. So it started on 360. Let's say this game does run better on an Xbox One. And then I don't know if it gets even better on a Series X and S, but it's enhanced to some degree. Whether it's literally like formally enhanced for the xbox one or the xbox x and s um but maybe the engine like the actual program the software can just take advantage of better hardware and the switch yeah like possible. even the switch and the ps4 are obviously better hardware than say a 360 or a ps3 yeah so it's it's possible that it's like it is quote-unquote running better <laughs> but it's just because it's better hardware and they and it's able to naturally take advantage of that and, and here's the thing people have been waiting like you know 10 years for this to come to some other console um, they could probably wait a little longer. It'll probably be on sale within six months. You know what I mean? Just buy it then. Yep. Uh, I do want to give you um the Take Two CEO's uh statement here, though. He, he was talking about it being commercially accurate. This is from IGN. Uh, so it was during a, during an earnings call 
uh, and he was asked if they priced Strauss Zelnick was the man uh, was asked about the price uh, of the newly announced port. Um, and he said, that's just what we believe is the commercially accurate price for it. Uh, Take two's EVP of finance, Hannah Sage also pointed out that the port isn't just the red dead base game, but also the undead nightmare. When asked if end undead nightmare was the reason for its $50 price. Zelnick said the add on was a great standalone game in its own right. Uh, when it was originally released. So we feel that it's uh, a great bundle for the first time and certainly a great value for consumers. So that's their response to to the price uh, fiasco. Basically just saying, <laughs> you're wrong. Tough, tough we, we think, we think the it. price is right. Yeah, you know. deal with it. <laughs> Caesar, we very, we very much like how much money we could make off it at this price. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is pretty solid gangbusters, right? Still. <laughs> let, let me ask then. Is anyone here going to buy it? Nope. No, I've played it. Uh, I would buy for PC. I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. buy for PlayStation or Switch. Mm-hmm. Even if it was coming to PC, I still wouldn't get it. Unless it was like, like we mentioned before, like, you know, six months later and it was on like a big sale or something, like on a Steam sale. I'd probably buy it for PC at $50. But not for PS5. It was just yeah. the same thing. But like, if they were porting it to PC, it'd probably have to have some graphical updates, and that's probably why they didn't do that. You know, because most PC ports have a bunch of settings and changes, and people can max it all out and all that crap, and that takes a lot more work, right? Would you um, guys would you guys buy this version? So say on the Switch or the PS5, if or PS4, if uh, if you hadn't played it, because I think all of us have played and beat. That's, that's oh, interesting. Right? right? Yeah, I would. Uh, yes, if if I wanted to get into it i would buy it on the playstation you're, or you're probably going to see a bunch of youngsters on on the twitch yeah. streaming it too for the first time who haven't played it right it's a fair point yeah they're being disappointed that it doesn't look like red dead 2 yeah <laughs> oh. or the all the all the mechanics and everything you can do in it or not did not roll over to the yeah it's, the, it's a small part of me does kind of want to replay it but I, story is good. I only played it once yeah i only ever played it once i never i never played undead nightmare i actually bought so i actually have since storage, but I have both the disc and the undead nightmare discs, like the boxes separately. And I never played the undead nightmare pack. I don't even know if it's like canon. Like, I don't know how it gets worked in the story, but um, it's like alternate universe, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so I do kind of want to replay it, but I don't want to pay $50 to play it on a system. I don't want to own it on. I pay $50 <laughs> for a PC. Mm-hmm. So, also, I should say fifty dollars Canadian. I'd I'd pay for it on PC, but not not sixty dollars. Oh, oh yeah, because yeah. you're right; it's gonna be American, <laughs> especially because it's on. You can get it on your Xbox right now for thirty bucks Canadian. Mm-hmm. Is it 40, still thirty bucks? Thirty bucks for the base game, ten bucks for the for the Undead Nightmare Pack. So for forty bucks Canadian, <laughs> you can get every, uh, before tax. You can get everything if you have an Xbox. If you have an Xbox One or an Xbox Series X as well, you can find the disc, including Under yeah. Nightmare, for cheap and just use that if yeah. you're really trying to be economical and want to play this maybe, thing. Maybe I'll buy... Maybe you I'll go, go buy it on Discord? Well, no, maybe, maybe I'll just go play it on my brother's Xbox. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll certainly you can just, if you have an Xbox like sitting in a closet somewhere anyway, you can like go to a like a, a retro game store like a mom and pop used game store and and you can find a copy of red dead for 360 for like five bucks surely my (laughs) my xbox is in store like is it's it's buried in a in a tote i don't want to have to 
In fact, my PS3 is more accessible than my Xbox 360, which means <laughs> I'm buried in the played. tote. That's what's yeah, like, stopping so, you from getting the, the 360 honestly, out. <laughs> if I, I'll show you, I'll show you a picture of what my storage unit looks like. It's there's a series of of uh, of Rubbermaid like the roughneck the the blue totes, and it goes from the ceiling from the the ground right up to the ceiling. Holy! It's, it's, it's just, just that scene at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's yeah, what and Adriano's it's in, room looks yeah, like. Exactly, and it's in one of those totes, <laughs> and I do not feel like going to go dig for it. It's Here's always a, the way that you you're going to look for something that you know is in like a box somewhere, and then you start going through the, all the boxes, and it's always in the, the last, last box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, my my brother, I had a hard, I had a hard copy of a game that you can't get, you can't buy the hard copy, you can't buy the print anymore, and he knew I had it and he wanted to borrow it. I go, yeah, like I'll get it for you, man. But I don't know when I'll be able to reasonably search through this and get to it. It's and not that I'm not looking for it. It's that I'm I am actively looking for it right now, and it's going to take me three weeks to find it. Yeah, and I go, I go to him. I'm like, I would rather pay you the digital cost of it if you go and buy it digitally, just so I don't have to go <laughs> look for it. Wow, and that's a lot for like yeah. from coming from you. Yeah, and Holy I'm like, shit. I this you're you're saving me a lot of time if I just pay you the, and then it ended up going on sale dirt cheap digitally, so he he bought it himself anyways. So oh my god, I just looked up um. Red Dead for 360 on eBay. Someone is selling just the case and manuals, no disc. Yeah. For, yeah. How much? <laughs> for uh, was that six ninety five? Oh my god! That's, I, that's... Well, I, I I just looked it up on Amazon.ca in the the latest version, I think, of the retail release that says Xbox One and Xbox 360 on the case. Really? It, it's the Game of the Year edition, so it comes with Undead Nightmare in the regular game, oh. and I presume a bunch of the DLCs as well. In Canada, one day delivery for Prime members thirty eight dollars and fourteen cents. But also, also with a disc on on eBay, yeah, it's like eight eight ninety nine. You know, nine fifty two. There you go. Uh, that nine fifty two. That's with Undead Nightmare Game oh, of the Edition. Actually, hold on a second. But uh, people are trying to sell this for forty bucks too, though. For forty bucks for the for the three sixty version. Oh no, this is for an Xbox One version. Yeah, there is also an Xbox One version on uh, That's Amazon, interesting. and it's fifty nine ninety seven. Uh, I'm wondering if it's on um, Xbox Cloud Beta. Isn't it only stuff that's in Game Pass that's on Cloud Beta? Uh, mm. I'm not. I actually don't know how that works. With... I think that is the case. Yeah. Which is a little strange. Uh, I had someone ask me, they're like, hey, like if I purchase a game and it's like a huge game and it ended up being Call of Duty and I don't want to wait for the download, can I play it on cloud? And I was like, no, you have to do the game pass. And I was like, actually, mm-hmm. you're saying that out loud. That's kind of weird. <laughs> I, I think I think one of the rumors is that they're eventually going to, if you subscribe to Game Pass, your library your entire digital library under your under that account will then be playable. You still have to pay for Game Pass, but everything that you have under under ownership is will also be playable there. That would be awesome. Well, yes. And once once that Activ- Activision Blizzard acquisition completes, they they will have Call of Duty streaming on on oh, Game Pass. I, yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh so on, if they did that, then I would buy it digitally. I would turn on Game Pass. I would turn on the cloud gaming and then just play it there. And then there's a the 50 bucks. They're paying twenty bucks a month for the service, and then paying thirty bucks for the game. That's how I would do it. How much did you pay for uh, Dead Space? 
<laughs> I don't. Uh, when when did that game come out? I'll calculate it right now. Oh, we'll, we could move Mar- on. Though. I was just joking. March, man. <laughs> I am. I am well. I'm probably around the hundred and fifty dollar mark right now for that game. So you could have bought like the deluxe version. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so fucking upset about that. I, God damn. I, I lost so hard on that. I'm like, I'll get this game done in 30 days. All right. 60 days. Okay. 90. Okay. And it's yeah. like 120. I break even. And I'm way <laughs> past that mark. For fuck's sake, man. I was going to, I was going to, after tonight, I'm like, oh, I'm here. I have my PC because my PC is not at my place. I'm, I'm, I migrated. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just play some Dead Space after this to, to knock some of it off. And it's like, no, actually, I have other things I need to do. So. All right, uh, let's move on here. Uh, Microsoft shortens its Xbox Game Pass trials just before Starfield's release. This is from The Verge. Um, so yeah, they normally had like this one dollar uh, for a month of Game Pass. Um, and this is saying one dollar for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, mm-hmm. so that gets you PC Game Pass uh, as well. Um, and now it's just fourteen days. Uh, and they did they they did this uh, just before the release of Starfield. After running for years, the $1 trial for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers stopped in March before returning last month after Microsoft adjusted its Xbox Game Pass pricing. Um, I always think these things are kind of funny just because they're so obvious. You know, the their biggest game in, I don't know, the last, what, 10 years on the Xbox? You know, is kind of, is coming out. And so they they lower their, their $1 you're not, you're not going to finish Starfield in 14 days. You know, that's for damn sure. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly why they did it. They say, yeah. they say 30 days, somebody might be able to get in and out, but 14 days, they're not going to do but it. But it just reminds me of when Disney Plus removed uh, Avatar, the first Avatar, when it when it returned to theaters, like a, like a month before the movie returned oh, to theaters. Did it really? Oh, did it really? They took Avatar off Disney Plus. Yeah, it's it's annoying, but from you, when you put on your business hat, I like, know, it I makes know. Sense. Yeah, it, I know. It, they, they have to. Uh, who who among us still has Game Pass? I I have X I have Game Pass Ultimate. I'm paying for a Game Pass Ultimate right now. Yep. You all yep. have Ultimate or? Yep. 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 Well, why do you have it, Tim? Why do you have Ultimate? So I can play uh, games on the Steam Deck. Oh. I tried to get that going. I could not. I had to run that that script so the key so the 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 controls would be recognized. <laughs> I did it. It didn't work. Like it just didn't do anything, yeah. so I gave up. I had to go through the whole process twice, and it worked. Okay, I'm just hoping that they actually release a when they do this as an actual app, because I'm sure they will at some point. Uh, I wouldn't hold my breath because they've been Wait. fucking around with the Android TV app for a long fucking time. Yes, but okay, but the Android TV app is a much different market than the Steam Deck. They're they're those tools are two very different. But they also do have like the Samsung Gaming Hub, which is kind of the same market Again, as the, the Android TV. That but that I reinforce my point. Those are like you put you put Android and Samsung whatever in one pile, it doesn't even pale in comparison to the entire market of Steam Deck. So it makes it would make more sense for them to just put to focus on a Steam Deck app. The Steam Deck is a gaming first platform too, whereas yeah. like TV and phones aren't necessarily gaming first because I suppose that's like, true yeah and they, they they have software on there they have microsoft edge on linux like that's how you run that's their instructions for running it mm-hmm. so because i got rid of chrome like, i don't want chrome on there i just put microsoft edge so i'm I'm hoping that they get a proper app and they do an install same with if they do that with battle hey caesar fuck off 
fucking bit me. Um, Battle and Battle.net does the same thing. Uh, do you remember the PlayStation Now had apps on TVs? And I think it was only on like select uh, Sony televisions at first. Yeah. I, I don't think that ever went it. anywhere. And they still have streaming with their new PlayStation Plus uh, subscription tier. But there's still no real way to stream it outside of PlayStation, right? Uh, you tell me. You're the, uh, well, you're PS the Now. You're, you're talking like like the PS Now replacement, right? Currently, yes. But but back when PS Now was like a thing, you know, it came out on on I think even PSP maybe, but definitely Vita. I think there's a PS Now app, and then it was going to come to TVs. And I remember, um, I think we had bought a Sony TV for for um a rental home, and I think it had a PS Now app on it. <laughs> I was going to say, like, isn't it probably Sony's? It's on PC, isn't that... it? Is there a PlayStation Now app? I swear, on, PlayStation I swear Now P- doesn't exist anymore. Right, I swear PlayStation Now, at least back then, I swear it could run on PC. I'm pretty sure... Probably. Could. I'm pretty sure there was, or at least a browser. Like, I'm pretty sure my brothers played PlayStation Now on PC. I'm like, I'm like 99% confident. I'm going to take a look right now. How do stream... PS Plus games on PC. Start the app. Boom, baby. Let me see. Boom, Where's... baby. Boom, download baby. The, download the PlayStation Plus app. Holy crap. There you go. Yep. I don't even have the tier for this. So I'm going to download it and I want to check it out. Because I remember, I remember when they started getting like dongles and those type of things for the PC. I think this was one of the things that came soon thereafter was that you could... Like use your PlayStation controller on a PC just like you would an Xbox controller. But also, we have a we have a PC offering now. And then slowly but surely, of course, now they have PC ports one to one. So well, maybe not one to one because some of them are messy, but man, sometimes you can just tell it's gonna ask you to restart your computer just by looking at the installer. You know what I mean? I rarely ever restart my computer unless it's mandatory. That's stereotyping, Ryan. That's stereotyping. <laughs> stereotyping Windows apps? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, oh, let's see what happens here. You're in the middle of a podcast. You're installing something. What are it's you doing? Some, something it's I can't some, even use, actually, because I don't have that tier. Since since the story's on the Xbox um, business decision, could somebody explain to me Xbox lie? What's been demolished? Xbox. My brother tried to explain this to me the other day, and I just kind of didn't listen. Xbox Live Gold is now gone? Correct. Is that right? Yep, Correct. So if you want to play online, you buy Game Pass Core, <clears throat> and Game Pass Core is only letting you play online. It comes with select titles, right? Select titles get- like like a Game Pass like limited selection, but you no longer go in and claim the games like Game Pass like games for gold. You no longer are adding to your digital library, as far as I understand it. Okay, so they took that away. Yeah. All right, because I'm trying to figure out how to work that into my spreadsheet. Well, that that you probably wouldn't. I would almost consider those trials, depending on how long they stick around, because like there's free games on Steam. You don't have those go in and out of your spreadsheet. So, so a game that was required with Games for Gold that is that's noted. Like I I have a system to catalog that. Right. But if I wanted to now specify Gold and Xbox Game Pass Core. I I guess I'll have to put it 
Well, no, like, like what I'm saying is, is the core collection, you're not claiming it. It's a rotating oh, yeah, collection. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So no, do, do you have all of game pass in your Excel? No, no, no. I, and, and just to again, clarify that I have a system for, for that. I know how to catalog that, but I also note what service you need to claim or play a title. And I tell oh. it what service it needs. So right now, if I wanted to play, uh, what's a PS3? Oh, what's a 360 game online? Um, uh, uh, Bioshock online. Sure. Bioshock 2 online. Okay. If I wanted to play that, I would say you need Xbox Live Gold. You need that service. Oh, but I you see. You no longer need Xbox Live Gold. You need Xbox Game Pass Core. Yes. So now I need to go in and replace all that. Because I don't know how to label that now. Well, yeah, you could you could call it formerly Xbox like Game well, Pass Gold. What what I did with the PlayStation Plus is because what what are the tiers called? They're called um, God, they're called very unmemorable. Uh, essential, extra, and premium, right? Yeah. So what I did was for anything that I had claimed before that, I called it. I have one called PlayStation Plus, and in parentheses beside it, I have uh, it says Legacy. So it was part of the old PlayStation Plus where it was just one hodgepodge. And then I have the other ones. So. Yeah. That, that, that was pretty nice. I might, uh, might try to stream something one day. Is it as nice as my spreadsheet? No, but well, mm-hmm. define nice, I guess. Define your, nice. Your, your spreadsheet Easy. visually isn't nice, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a nicer way of. It's it's all it's all about reading information. Is it easy to read information? Efficiency. Yeah. But this but this PlayStation app visually looks nice. Well, I'll never open this again. Okay. And close. Oh, still running in the background, apparently. Says says he wants to stream something (laughs) one day, immediately closes it, so he's never gonna reopen it. Like what? All right, this moment of the final story. Uncharted movie sequel definitely might happen. (laughs) Definitely <laughs> might happen. That's the come on. God that, damn it. I'm, I'm muting your article if I see yeah. that as the title. No, I'm Scripting not around and survive. I've ever seen one. This is from GameSpot. Uh, Sony's Uncharted movie starring Tom Holland as Nathan Drake and Mark Wahlberg as Sully is one of the highest grossing video game movies ever. But fans have been left wondering if the film will get a sequel. Producer Charles Roven is optimistic about possibility uh, about that possibility, but nothing is ever certain in Hollywood. Speaking to the Hollywood Reporter, Roven was asked. If it continues to be a desire to make an Uncharted sequel, and he said, "Oh yeah," uh, quote, "We was had he, a really was good he time." The guy, <laughs> he had a really good time with that movie. <laughs> the fans really liked the movie, and people who didn't know anything about the game really liked that movie. Uh, so we were definitely looking to make another one of those. End quote. Uh, Uncharted made more than four hundred million dollars globally, uh, which places it number six on the all-time highest-grossing video game movie charts. The Super Mario Bros. movie is far and away number one with more than $1.3 billion. Uh, any interest here seeing an Uncharted <laughs> sequel? I thought the movie was good myself. Yeah, I thought that it was it was inoffensive. It was fine. Yeah, I'm in the same vein. It was it serviceable. Was, exactly, it was serviceable. I thought it was I better had... than the new Tomb Raider movie. But I've never played Uncharted. I want to be clear with that. The most memorable part for me on the Uncharted movie is there's a there's like a Scottish bodyguard that that he fights like as he's yeah. oversized one, and I while I was watching the movie, the only thing I could think of was he was wearing a blue plaid suit. Mm-hmm. I think myself, I'm like, that is a fucking nice ass suit. <laughs> I'm like I want that suit because that that around that time, 
plaid suits were in like that was the style and i'm like that's a fucking nice ass suit we didn't run that time it was like a couple years ago yeah and now they're not so much in styling fashion fashion changes daily yeah i I went i went and bought a plaid suit like just because like i watched that movie i'm like i want to buy a plaid suit i want to buy one he was like one of those like bulky guys who like really muscly or something and their their suits look way too tight yeah he was husky yeah (laughs) But I, I would, uh, they kind of ended it in a way that suggested many movies to come. I don't know if you remember Sully has a mustache or something, and they're both like, let's go on another adventure or, or however, whatever they did. They left a shire and they went on another adventure. Oh my God. Tim, Tim has a visitor. I certainly don't remember this ending that you were talking about, Ryan, either. Was it, was it mid credits, maybe? No, uh, he like, I think, I think Mark Wahlberg puts on the signature hat, I think. Doesn't, like doesn't Sully have like a like a hat that he wears? I don't like know a, if it's a signature. Are, hat. are we are we mixing Indiana Jones up with, <laughs> with Uncharted? Maybe. Da, 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 da. Sully typically does not have a hat on. Hmm. He has a mustache, famously, and he, he smokes cigars. He, he puts on his mustache like a fake mustache. Just goes. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. And he wears like not a not a bowling shirt, but like something kind of in the similar vein of that. You know, but uh, like a buttoned up tee, a collared polo. Uh, a button up polo uh, polo i guess yeah and an old like, man shirt like a like, yeah. i think a bowling shirt is the apt like descriptor of it yeah but mark Wahlberg was a strange choice at first but he looked all right with the mustache i could i could kind of buy the sulliness with the with the mustache i think i actually kind of preferred not knowing anything about the game i have not nothing to compare it to other than say like indiana jones mm-hmm. You probably appreciated it more because it's not really like the game at all. Like the characters aren't like their yeah characters in the game. Yeah, I feel like I have uh, enough of a cursory knowledge of the games, like having never played them, to know like sort of what they're known for and what they're mm-hmm. supposed to be. And like there was kind of that disconnect between the movie character and the what I know sort of is the reputation of the game character. That I was like, are they doing this justice? I'm not really sure if they are or not. Well, it's the trouble with when you have someone one like um, Nolan North, who's just like a smooth, seamless deliverer of lines, you know, and I don't I don't that's hard to find someone who can do that because Nathan Fillion is it was obvious um, like people's like fan choice, but he was a little bit too old. Is, he did, he there, did that fan, fan movie. Yeah, there's a fan movie. There's a fan yeah, film. yeah, because yeah, he also has that ability just to spit out lines like he's coming up with them himself. You know, it's pretty impressive. Um, but but Nathan Drake is kind of kind of similar, and I don't know if Tom Holland was you know good at that. But I think with, with with what they had, it was it was enjoyable. My theory is is when Tom Holland pleaded to Sony to make bends with Disney to make another Spider Man. My theory is that Sony says we'll do this, but you have to do an Uncharted movie. Tom <laughs> Holland said yes, sure, and that's how they did that. I'd be surprised. To be fair, though, Tom Holland is like he was popular at the time too. He's uh, yeah, and he's still somewhat like he's still fairly popular. He's he's fucking Spider Man. He wants to take a break, I think, from acting for a bit. So yeah, I don't know if that's going to cause some issues there or not. But yeah, right. sorry. You feel like there's probably somebody in between Tom Holland and Nathan Fillion that they could have found <laughs> to better serve the role. It felt like they wanted star power. That's where I feel like Mark Wahlberg came in. It's like we need we need celebrities in this to sell this video game movie. It's funny because Mark Wahlberg was in talks to play Nathan when the movie was first being talked about 
when the the games were being released. Like that's how long this was in development is he's aged out of it and he's aged into the more senior mage mm-hmm. role. How do you guys feel about do you think do you think Hollywood's forever changed where they they're they're solely rely relying on star power because something like Star Wars, you know, yeah. no one really knew who Mark Hamill or Carrie Fisher were. I mean Carrie Fisher came from famous parents. Harrison Ford, he wasn't in much like American Graffiti was more of a cult classic than it was like a smash hit. And and mm-hmm. so they were like three pretty much unknown people and then made one of the biggest movies ever. It's like, is that not is, is everyone afraid to do that now in Hollywood? Uh, yes. And I think what I think the only time they really go for new talent is when they want to do when they want to try to do new like a new franchise long term. Mm hmm. So they don't want to have anyone who's already typecasted. Um, like when they announced this newcomer named Henry Cavill as Clark Kent and Superman, people looked at him. They're like, yeah, it's fucking, it's fucking perfect. Like he looks like he, <laughs> he looks like uh, Clark Kent. But then in that same, you know, franchise that they try to boot, they then go to Ben Affleck, who's been around Hollywood forever now. I think he's Bruce Wayne and Batman and the internet fucking lost her mind. So I think when it comes to trying to take already established characters that have those set characteristics, like when you're trying to look for your Superman with those details right. or whatever, then they go to unknowns. So people aren't then freaking out over already established actors. But then when you have, you know, just a movie and you can put anyone in that role, I think then they lean more towards set celebrities well i mean speaking of star wars again daisy ridley was was unknown really right yeah 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 and then gal gadot speaking of dc she was like what in in like a one of the fast movies and i don't know if she did much else before before yeah she's in she's in fast before yeah and people people criticize it because wonder woman's supposed to be like this amazonian woman and she's very thin in that in that fast movie so she put think, in the work to she, be Wonder Woman, is what you're saying. Yeah. She really filled out for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, I think she's, I think her and Henry Cavill are perfect, uh, perfectly casted yeah. as those yeah. two characters. Maybe I, in, maybe in a different time in a different place, I would accept Ben Affleck and Batman. I um, like him as he's a good Bruce Wayne. He, good, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would, yeah. I like, I like his his his. Bats like I like a huskier, thicker Batman. <laughs> I like I like a Batman that can that, the stout that can, ears. Yes, like the the very short ears are my are is my favorite Batman, and I like a Batman that would they would clearly in a fight would just take a couple punches to the face and or to the to the torso and just not take like not feel anything, and he would then just like punch him down. Like to we me, need, that's that's Batman. We need that like what's his name like Half Thor Bjornsson as Batman, the guy that was in the mountain in Game of Thrones. Just like the most oh. massive dude, yeah, yeah, the biggest guy. <laughs> him as Batman, so yeah, he just but, runs but you up, like, has to jump and punch him in the face. Yeah, but you can't make him too over the top because then if people see that Bruce Wayne looks like that giant and Batman looks like that giant, then they'll <laughs> know exactly. <laughs> I've yeah. never seen these people in my life before. I don't know this man <laughs> at all. But but speaking of the casting of like um, Gal Gadot and stuff, it's it it's kind of sad because like there's some I don't know if you've been following the current rumors, Adriano, but I have been reading up on that every day. There was going to be a third Wonder Woman film. Now there's not going to be one. So it was going to be in James Gunn's DCU. Now it's not. So she hasn't written that off. They 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 keep asking her and she hasn't said no. And what it sounds like is 
they're not against bringing her back for a third Wonder Woman movie, but just now, not in the DCU. May or may not like, but the heat like he still might take parts of of the existing DCEU and bring them forward. So see, my problem is I think that makes a mess. It does make a mess. I would prefer a clean cut, fresh start, but I think she's, I think like you said, she's great casting and Henry Cavill are, are yeah. great as great as Superman. It's, yeah. it's disappointing that they got kind of wasted. W- wasted in that. In the DCEU. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't care much for Cyborg. Ezra Miller, I could take him or leave him. I think, I don't think he's the worst, but I don't think he's the best. I think there are probably better options, but uh with because uh, like right now we have and we we're talking about game pass i don't know how we got out of this but uh no we we're talking right, about uncharted <laughs> oh yeah sorry we we're talking about charted so movies it's still really yes yes we're, this is the story <laughs> wrong so with um with a with batman bat the batman batmen Batman's. right now we have like in the last couple of years we have movies with three different batmen Okay, you have Michael Bat. You have Michael Keaton coming reprising his roles, Bruce Wayne, Batman. You have Ben Affleck in his his role, and you have um, Sir Twilight himself playing uh, it (laughs) in the bat in the Batman. So you have three different versions, and then you have multiple versions of the Joker between you know Jared Leto and and Joaquin Phoenix. So, I I I don't mind. I I think I think they can do. They should do a clean boot. But they should also just like wait 10 years. They should literally just not do anything for like 10 fucking years. They need to let it die and, and then just yeah. sit on it and mm-hmm. do and let people forget about everything and then come in fresh. Although they seem to be doing better with their one off movies. Like the Joker yeah. was really good. The Batman was really good. And, you know, those when they actually, you know, let an artist kind of just take control and not be confined by the 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 DCEU universe they got to work now, their characters into. Now, you you know, what's super ironic is they they DCEU started off fairly really serious and fairly dark because that's what scott that's what scott's um zach snyder wanted to do and then when he bailed they brought joss whedon and they said make it more like marvel we wanted to be upbeat and funny made the worst one <laughs> yeah and the worst one and then from there they just wanted to go comical and they've kind of just gone like this you know with some with a few exceptions like shazam is goofy as hell the, so and then outside of the dceu you have the Batman and you have the Joker, not related, two separate universes, but both very serious, and they both did well. Mm-hmm. So I think I think Marvel needs to and should stick to their more kind of halfway comedic side, but I think DC should just kind of be exclusively dark and grim. Man, for a while there, the Marvel films were like funnier than most comedies coming out, you know, in the in the theaters. Yeah, but like they their don't films have got to be. pretty damn funny. Yeah, but I don't want them to be like belly aching funny <laughs> like, like they should be some funny parts in it because these are well i think i think like something like infinity war and Endgame balanced that they were pretty dark and heavy films but you know still had humor in them to lighten it yeah. up a bit yeah but when, when you have when you have like thor love and thunder where they can't that was too much comedy yeah, yeah. and not, that even, was, not even good comedy yeah it was over the top that yeah. movie sucked it's bad yeah <laughs> so I I honestly think DC just needs to stay with their dark gritty stuff and and the Joker is like a good example of that grittiness too. I really like the Joker. Yeah. Or is it just I think it's just Joker, isn't it? It's just Joker and then now there's like just a second Joker? one coming or something, but so um uh there's a a 
a podcaster and a YouTube that I, 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 you know, listen to whatever. Yeah. (laughs) And, and he said that one of the things that he does when he, when he goes to watch movies on opening night is after the movie, he'll go, he'll go and find just those people in the crowd and that have just like the, like, you know, that like somebody has like the Batman shirt on or the Superman shirt. And it's clearly they care enough to put on a, sh- like a piece of that I merch ID and go watch their characters. And he said, after the Batman, he went up to a group of guys and introduced himself and he asked, how do you feel about this? And where do you think this movie and Robert Patterson is going? Like, how do you think they're going to evolve this? And there was the, one of the responses was they really liked it. They, they are looking forward to see more, but they're, they're, they're wondering how this, how they're going to connect and how this ties into the Joker and how this ties into the other DC universes. And it was just, everything had to be a connected universe. You couldn't just have something that stands alone on its own. There has to be some sort of established franchise universe. And, and like the, you guys, you guys were talking about like that, that let the DCEU die for like 10 years. It would be pretty good if they just had separate universes. Like if, if they have the Batman and then they have the Batman two. Yeah. those two are in the same universe. Obviously they're sequels to each other, but they get that Joker is different than the movie. The Joker. Yeah. Like that's totally fine. And, that's and do what, that for 10 years, have some bangers, like really good movies. And then be like, Hey, since these actors are retiring or whatever, we're going to bring in a whole new group, yeah. group of people and we're going to have a DCEU again. And that, and that's what, and, and that's what James Gunn has said in a, in his press releases, those are, they are going to be labeled appropriately because in the DC comics, they do have a line of comics called DC else elseworld. And those ones specifically do not tie into the main canon. Those are just kind of like off stories. They just having fun or they're just doing whatever they want. Like a what so, if kind of thing. Exactly. So anything that isn't part of his DC, anything that's coming out simultaneously beside his DCU that isn't part of his DCU is going to be called DC Elseworld. Elseworld. So the Batman, the Jokers, um, the this is this is people have been picking apart his wording. I really like this one. <laughs> We've had the Flash, which he has said reboots the DCEU and the DCU. But watching it, and I won't talk specifics in case, you know, you know, spoilers, but I'm still kind of confused how that reboots anything. It just kind of. I've not seen it yet, so I don't know. I can't comment. Yeah, but I'm with you, Adriano. I, I, I kind of feel like the ending was more of like a comedic thing yeah. and less and less of a, hey, look, we re- restarted this. Yeah. And if, when you when you do watch it, Ryan, I'm assuming you're you're like I'll, I'll gladly watch it with you. Whether I'll watch it eventually, yeah, yeah, because I, there are some I do want to talk about what some of the things that they do in that movie, but it's just it doesn't it doesn't reboot it the way that I thought it would. In fact, they not only have an Aquaman movie coming out after it, which is still part <laughs> yeah. of the same universe, and Blue Beetle. So here's the thing, James Gunn. <laughs> so James Gunn has said that Blue Beetle is going to be the DCU's first official character. Those are his words. But um, his Superman legacy is going to be right. the first DCU movie. And people are scratching their heads like, what do you? So this Blue Beetle is not part of it. 
And people are interpreting that as he'll take the events and he'll take he'll take the beats of that story, but he might not necessarily take that actor or those visuals or what the actual the actual film itself as part of it. I feel like the opposite would be based on what he said, right? No, because he said Blue Beetle is the first DCU character. Yes. But he says that that DC. Why even say that? Why even? That, that, why even that that Superman kick off with Blue yeah. Beetle? <laughs> so so Superman, but Superman Legacy is going to be the first DCU film. So is he just going to take the 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 story beat of Blue Beetle, but not take the visuals or the actors, and you know do something mm-hmm. else later? So people people were confused by that. I've not seen this new, that latest Flash movie, but I'm guessing like they deal a lot with the multiverse, right? So is he just saying that we've established the multiverse exists now in the DC EU, therefore the DCU is just one of those multiverses? Could be, but he's also picking it. He's also cherry picking stuff from the DC EU. So uh, his his Peacemaker character and his Suicide Squad movie is rolling forward. Oh, oh, they just happen to be candidate the ones he yeah. Made. Ah. So he's he's keeping all that. <laughs> But then he's rebooting everything else. But then at the same time, those characters, the DCU characters, show up in Peacemaker and and the Suicide Squad movies. So I don't know how. Why not just do around. a clean cut? I don't understand this. Yeah, is it because they're trying to like they, they've invested all this money in the DCEU, and it's like they they can't have it for be for nothing. Well, which those, but, those movies are still coming out. They're still spending money on them. You know. But honestly, if you if you wanted to if you wanted to 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 do a proper like a DC universe, adapt Doomsday Clock, bring Zack Snyder back in, have him do a proper sequel to Watchmen, and do the Doomsday Clock uh, storyline. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what that that one is? Mm-mm. So in the DC comics, after the New Fifty Two kind of stumbled, they wanted to do. I can't remember what the one after that is called. The DC universe after that, but they rebooted it again, and they all they all put the comics back to number one. And they did a a issue zero, which is a prequel issue to all the DC comics. But the DC, this comic is Bruce Wayne in his back cave, and he's fixated on something in the rock. Like he keeps on digging at a Wayne rock. Johnson? Oh. Uh, no, like 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 the stone in the cave. No, like he's, I know. Like, I he's like the actual <laughs> I understand. <laughs> uh, and he and he's fixated, and he keeps on digging, he's digging and digging. And in the end, he finds the um, the comedian's bloody happy face uh. from the Watchmen, and it then it boots into a twelve series Doomsday Clock series. And what they did was they retroactively uh, took the Watchmen, and in the Watchmen comic, Doctor Manhattan says, "You know, I think I'm done with this. I'm going to go disappear, and I think I'm going to make a couple of universes." They then established that that Doctor Manhattan um, makes all the multiverses, mm. and in this series of twelve Doomsday Clock issues, they they pretty much establish and characters then realize and learn, like Superman and Batman in their universes acknowledge that they are in a ever kind of consistent timeline. Like they they acknowledge that they're in a floating timeline and that there are multiple versions of them, and they've accepted this and they actually reference it in canon that they know they're being rebooted every couple of years. So I would, I would take that route. I would bring a, I'd bring a Zack Snyder back in and do that. Wow. Just have fun with it. Yeah. But as, as much as, as much as like the DCU is like 
this mostly down <laughs> like at least it's done like there's a you can look at it and say like this are, there's a package here for better or for worse this is what they gave us the, the, as much as oh, i love wow. them by the end, well, hold on but as much as i love the marvel cinematic universe is at a certain point it was great it was fucking awesome yeah and now they're going and they're not going to stop so beating all, a dead horse here. yeah they can never be as good or better so it's always just going to be on a slight decline yeah and it's just going to go the way of the simpsons we're just going to kind of level out and just exist but forever. always be there <laughs> yeah yeah well in conclusion uncharted 2 coming to theaters soon you heard it here first. Yeah. All right. That's all the news we got. Uh, Tim, you haven't talked in a while, so what are, <laughs> what are you okay. playing? Uh, I'll give you Baldur's half Gate. Half a guess. Yeah. Baldur's Gate. Playing it on stream, off stream, getting my fix. Probably going to have like four campaigns going by the time it comes out on the PlayStation because I've got different Holy groups of Christ. people that want to play it. So <laughs> I hear tell that it's the horniest game ever. Is this true? It's pretty horny. Yeah, I would say so. Or at least they give you the options to be horny pretty like right <laughs> off the bat. And there's also the fact that like a lot of characters, like the companions really lean into it too. Like I knew a character for like one in-game day and then she was talking about how she wanted to ride the player character until you see stars. And Jesus I was like, Christ. that's pretty, you don't mince words. Yeah. So no, it's, uh, it's, I think I said it last time, but like, I'm still sort of in the gameplay areas where it's was available in early access, but enough has changed that it's like still kind of refreshing to go through it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I want to go here and see what's different. I want to go here and see what's different. And uh, they've either like completely changed out character interactions in certain areas, or they've like kept the same characters that were there before. And then added uh, new characters to these locations and then they're talking about stuff that like you're going to be able to um, interact with or the sort of like sowing the seeds of interactions when you actually get to like Baldur's Gate the actual city and stuff mm-hmm. or just other areas in the game and uh, it's really it's really cool it's really interesting I did a a new interaction in a sort of settlement uh, that was in the early access that added a new character which was kind of a a cool surprise and they sort of send you on a quest uh to do something and you go back and you can have this interaction again with them that can go kind of go one of maybe like three ways um yeah that's cool i'm also a big fan of like um how many ways like things can happen in the game that just like straight up kill your character and you would think that like it would um the, the screen would go like to black and it's like oh game over and you gotta reload your save and it's just like a like a game over for kind of the joke of it kind of thing it's like mm-hmm. oh this was a one potential end of your timeline um but it doesn't do that your character will just like die and then it's just ah and they're on the ground and it's like well i guess i gotta grab a revivify scroll and bring them back to life now so Jeez. it didn't really didn't really solve the problem it's just killed my character right away uh, in a, in a narrative way, so we brought them back, and well, now let's explore other conversation options, I guess. So there's just little like funny things like that, where it's like they didn't have to do that, they didn't have to put that in the game because it's such a like small thing, but they did, and it's funny that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty much the entire development uh, mantra, I think, of that game. It's like we could put this in; it won't do much, but it adds a funny little moment. So. I guess we'll put it in. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I was talking with a friend before about how like I got Remnant 2 mm. like very shortly after it came out and played it a little bit. And then I always meant to go back to it. And then like fully Baldur's Gate came out and I was like, I shouldn't have bought this right away. Like I knew <laughs> I knew Baldur's Gate was coming out. And like, I don't know, I guess if I had like a group of people to play it with that, uh, then I would play it. But it's the same thing with that game as with Baldur's Gate, where I'm mostly playing these things on PC and the people that I would want to play them with are like playing it on console. So and they both don't have crossplay, which is especially wild for remnant because the first one did have crossplay it was Whoa. like a major feature of the first game and the second one say, just yeah. doesn't have it that is so funny. it's uh it's a bit of a disappointment so now i'm just kind of sitting resting on my laurels waiting for the devs of remnant and also Baldur's gate to be like we're you know to either confirm or deny like we're working on crossplay or we're not working on it just like let me know you know don't <laughs> let me sit here with false hope but uh, that's pretty much it. I'm uh, every week. I'm just gonna be saying Baldur's Gate, and then I'm talking about more things from Baldur's Gate. So hopefully there'll be some. You're gonna be like Adriano, which is the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> same, same games things. every week. Yeah. yeah, three games going. Yeah, so I don't know if you know this, be... but like, or do you know what your furthest save is toward the end? Like, do you know how uh, like what percentage you're at? Like, tight. Like your your furthest save is at twenty percent, thirty percent, something like that. Oh, so my save on stream, I've done like almost everything that you could do that was in the early access. The only place I haven't gone to yet is uh, where the Dwergar are. Okay. That's the only thing I haven't done. So um, I could. So in the early access, when you could go on the surface, there's like that mountain pass you could take to get to Baldur's Gate. And the characters kind of talk about it. There's like two ways to get to Baldur's Gate. You can either take the mountain pass, which is like dangerous and cursed or whatever. Or you can take, you can go in the Underdark and you can go to um moonrise towers that way i think is the location they talk about and uh both of those ways would be like the end of the early access and then the little pop-up would come up and say like congrats you finished early access now go back and tie up loose ends that you didn't do yet or whatever um so because of that like i have technically the ability to continue and move on to new content that i haven't seen yet because obviously the full game is out now but like I said before, I'm still really enjoying that process of like, oh, I've seen all this before, like at least two times everywhere, but I want to see what's different now that it's like the full release. And uh, I think the dev said that like roughly there's like maybe 30% content of what was available in the early access has changed in the full release. And that seems fairly accurate. I might, I might almost say that it's like more because like every every place every encounter a lot of stuff with like the companion npcs and their stories um is changed at least like one thing so i i think it might even be closer to like 40 percent oh wow but i mean it's not going to be that there I, i can't imagine there's a huge uh chunk of the like player base of the game that's gonna even notice like I've played a lot of the early access and I've seen people online talking about having played a lot of the early access, but I'm sure that that's a pretty like uh small minority of the actual player base for this game. That's not only played the early access to basically like completion, but done it like multiple times where they would notice these differences. Um, But yeah, I actually went back and I watched an old clip of when we played it in the early access 
And because there was a something that I was wondering about between the early or the early access and then the full game with a particular like character encounter. And uh, it what I, I could have sworn they were two different characters, but it is the same character in both the same name, same character model, just different uh, like outfit and kind of story development a little bit and stuff. But uh, yeah, just just things like that. Like it's it's really cool to see like uh, the difference. So it's gonna be like being really familiar with almost like a little wave pool kind of thing, and being really comfortable in like all of this content that I know, and then just suddenly jumping off the diving board into an ocean of more content that I will have no <laughs> context for, no previous you know uh, playthroughs or any idea what any characters goals or end results for character stories are going to be or anything um which is really exciting it's always nice to have a game that you're really excited to play and you almost like don't want to play it too quickly because you don't want to like miss stuff and you don't you also don't want to like rush uh rush the enjoyment or the of the experience because mm-hmm. that's kind of the opposite of what i did with Tears of the Kingdom. Like when that came out, I was playing it like I think I, I I did the math and I averaged it out and I was playing about including stream time. I was playing about six hours of Tears of the Kingdom every day since wow. I launched. Holy cow. Um so I got through the vast majority of that game's content in a pretty short period of time. Um and then it was crazy because I felt like I was like no lifing the shit out of that game. Like I was playing it way too much. I was like, this is unhealthy. And then I'd go online and then I would see people who had like double the time that I put in. And I was Ooh-wee. like, how are you existing as like an adult when you're playing this game from the time you wake up until the time you go to sleep? Like, because how is this not, possible? <laughs> they're not existing as an adult. Uh-huh. There's nearly 400 uh, quote sickos who have beaten Baldur's Gate 3 already. 400 sickos? This is from The Verge. Nice. <laughs> I was going to ask how much have they Sicko. added since the early access? <laughs> like, is the early access 20%? 50%? Do we know? Hmm. I think there are f- I think there are four acts, and the early access is act one. I think. I mean, okay. we could literally, w- like, wiki, they could search us on the wiki, and we could see. Um... That kind of feels like Divinity 2, because Divinity 2, the intro is like super treacherous. You're learning the mechanics. You're learning how to like play, really. You're learning your freedoms and in the game, like how, how, what the different ways you could problem solve. And then you realize, holy Christ, I've been on this tutorial island for fuck knows how long. Multiple sessions, anyway. Uh, so quick Google search says there are three acts in Baldur's Gate 3, and that act two is the longest one. And the story takes about 50 hours of gameplay. There's some interesting um, stats that Larian um, uh, released. Oh, yeah. Most most popular race is half-elf, a.k.a. spicy human. Yep. (laughs) And the most popular class is paladin. Oh, really? More interestingly, players have spent a combined total of 88 years in the character creator. (laughs) Oh, my God. So that part's funny. I've seen a lot of people talking about that on on like social media about taking a lot of time in the character creator when, and then other people saying like, how did you take so long in this? There's not that many options. And like for face shape and hair and like voice 
and you know that stuff by and large yeah compared to a game like i saw a lot of people comparing it to like the sims 4 where mm-hmm. you're like minutely crafting the like eye shape and the spacing and like the chin and like all these very like specific little um details that you can pick like it's not a bethesda character creator right like it's <laughs> yeah. not you're not changing up that much um but i think the reason that people are spending so much time in it is because there's a lot of people that aren't coming from a D&D background that don't know what all the classes are or do. And so and, and, and the things with the races and the way that like the the specializations and like skill proficiencies work and stuff like that, like they're doing a lot, like you say, of reading, they're learning sort of how the game works while also creating their character. I also thought there was a lot of choices for, you know, there's a, there's I, I was impressed uh, by the hair choices like alone. Yeah, I think there's, there's not a, there's not like 80-ish. a lot of like yeah, there's not like a lot of like tattoos or, you know. Mm-hmm. There's not there's there's definitely more games where you can really finely tune how a character looks and stuff. But I mean, yeah. you can choose a penis or not. I mean, that's It's pretty that's customizable. All you, that's all you need nowadays. Not yeah. only that, you can choose like up to one of eight different penises. So yeah, there's so, really I mean, a lot of that penile representation that there. Conan you, game, I think. And can, you know, really? hmm? can you really choose one of eight different peni? Well, yep. there's I think it was like four penises, isn't there? I think it depends on the race. Deep, oh, oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Certain yeah, characters, right. certain races have different <laughs> penis options. Do they, show you the, do they show you the silhouette or do they show you, you the full frontal? character? It's full frontal. Whoa. Are you interested in this game now? <laughs> it's just like not f- just like from a curiosity perspective like, it's the fact it's that they go and render just, yeah. all of that no it's, it's kind of one of those things where like too. when you're a kid right and you like you discover what's available on the internet yeah. for the first time you're just sort of like you can't believe that it's just mm-hmm. there like you're like this, guys just, this is, i can see it yeah, like, like yeah for like research please send this to me i'll just like yeah. show me show me all the screenshots just for research <laughs> that's, that's all research yeah i'll uh, show I mean, my screen also... after the uh podcast and i'll put up the game i'll show you character yeah, you could play the game too here's where's my credit card oh, cyberpunk right as as uh it too if you want to see more wangers like spider spider punk cyberpunk was like three options though right it was like none like male or female uh, and then the hair options there. I think there was oh, the hair options, a yeah. big bush. There might've been a strip and then, and then <laughs> nothing. Yeah. That's amazing. That's fucking amazing. It's just one of those things, right? Where like, you're not used to seeing it in a game. So then it's just there and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, there it is. That That's yeah. an option. Yeah. So that now adds one, on that to the course. 88 years of, of character creator time. <laughs> Everyone's spending 80 like years. Just about 30% like, of those 88 years were in the penis choice selector. Yeah. Yeah, and one poor son of a bitch in Cyberpunk got uh, got fucked by his cybernetic oh. penis too. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, a good mission. Voiced by Jesse Cox. Yeah, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, all right, all right, Adriana, what are you playing? I have, um, I actually played quite a bit on the plane to Italy. I forced myself to Steam try to try to play something on there because normally on planes i usually just i'm like a robot on planes, I, I usually just sit down and it's i just power down stare. yeah I, I don't sleep but i literally <laughs> oh, just man. look forward for eight hours and i'm like look I, forward for eight hours yeah People I, just I, like, this guy's gonna blow up the plane <laughs> honestly honestly i have i i have spent time in the airplane where i literally just sit down and i watch the pattern on the the, 
fabric. Oh my god! I just find something and I just stare there. Wow. Because it is one of the few times I get to not have. I don't have to think about anything. Mm-hmm. I just. I don't. I don't have to worry about work or hobbies or or whatever. My spreadsheet. It's just. I. I can't. <laughs> I can't do anything. So it's just like I get to sit there and turn my brain off, which is. I cherish those moments. So you're enjoying these eight hours then. I'm just standing there or sitting there doing quite literally nothing. Yeah. So I, I always, uh, and I always enjoy the, the plane ride to your vacation is always better than the plane ride coming back. Cause you're, you're already the plane, the vacation's done and you're already like tired and you're going to get back yep. to your life. Yeah. Um, I going from this point forward, going there i will always pay for extra leg room on the in the economy and going back i may actually just do first class because i need to be able to fucking lay down and stretch out because i was because <laughs> you because you get cramped up anyways so this time i told myself i'm going to actually try to play something i'm going to like take time and and um you know maybe knock off some stuff on the way to italy so i took my steam deck and i downloaded i made sure i had dead cells I had Vampire Survivors. I had um, Alan Wake, and I had another game in which I'll, I'll hold off in a second. So I those are the th- those are the games I wanted to replay. Alan Wake, um, all for the wrong reasons. <laughs> I wanted to replay it. <laughs> so uh, was it for the PS <laughs> customization options? No, it's not that. That's in Alan Wake too, but um, <laughs> you guys are gonna laugh why replay Alan Wake. So I'm going through, I'm migrating my stuff in my spreadsheet. I'm going through and cleaning up details. And I, I got to my Alan Wake games and it didn't specify in my old spreadsheet. If I had DLC for steam, I know I had DLC for the, for the, for the, uh, for the God galaxy one, I think, or one of the, or the Epic games one. And I said to myself, I don't know if I have DLC for this one. And I tried to find it on my account and I tried to boot it up and I tried to see if I can go straight into the DLC and I couldn't. And I didn't know if it was part of the game. So my logic was I need to replay Alan Wake to see if the DLC is in the game somehow so I can then update my spreadsheet. So that's why I'm replaying Alan. Yeah. Anyways, I so I played a little Alan Wake. I played I I actually started a new file, Vampire Survivors, because I just kind of wanted to start fresh on that. I tried to play Dead Cells on the plane, but Dead Cells uh, locked me out because I didn't have an internet connection. So it said you can't. We won't let you access your 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 traditional save file. They're like, you can start a new one, offline one, but you're not touching this one. And I said, fuck that. So I just didn't play that on the plane. But um, when I was in Italy, I started playing a new game called uh, Dredge. Uh, see Tim's already nodding. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And somebody had pitched. Like I was listening to a podcast, and somebody had pitched this game. And just on the description alone, I was fucking yeah. sold. Absolutely, it, yeah, yeah. It's, it is such a creative and different game. It is. It is. Uh, it's almost like a single player Sea of Thieves, where you have an over map and you have all your islands, and you're on a boat and you sail around. But there is a there is a pretty there's a um uh there's a story there it's you're essentially just trying to find artifacts for this this guy who's commissioning you to find these artifacts and he lives on an island but you're also going to all these little small islands and you're 
uh, visiting villages and you're visiting shops and you're catching fish and you're upgrading your boat and you're researching. So you're buying research parts and you have to go and find other, you're finding scrap to do upgrades, to build other parts of your boat. So you can go sail faster and sail longer and catch more fish. So you can kind of get that ramp and on a kind of, boat customization visually the boat always looks the same it doesn't look any different and on your little map but your when you bring it up on your storage it is a is a grid system so you have your boat and it's fairly small to begin with and when you catch a fish each fish is a different size so if you catch a little one it's a single square but you can catch like uh like a like an l shape you can catch just like a completely random shape and you actually have to work it into your stock and if you catch something that you want you have to get rid of something else if you want to keep it and then you can you can obviously upgrade your boat to get more spaces you can get better uh you have to get different um fishing rods because some of them are only for coastal or volcano or shallow or whatever so you have to make sure you have that equipped and if you don't have enough space you always have to go back and trade it out boat mechanics is it's it's a it's it's a super fun game then the little thing on the side is it's very hp lovecraft so there at night you have a madness meter and if you spend too much time at night sailing around you there and there's a meter at the top and it signals with like an eye like an eye will open up and it'll get more intense you start to go a little bit more crazy and it'll start to manipulate the environment. So I saw a boat, like at one point I saw like another boat that kind of looks similar to mine out in the distance. I'm like, holy fuck, there's another boat. And I just start sailing towards it. And as I get closer, it just morphs into this giant ass fish monster that just starts chasing me. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta get holy out of here. Christ. Yeah. So then I had to like make it back to shore. And uh, okay, I have to rest till morning so I don't go crazy. Um, or if you're crazy at, at night, as you approach the cities, rocks will be there that weren't there during the day and you you have and so when you're when you're losing your mind there are more obstacles for you to have to to deek around in the water um and there's a lot of just you approach an island and there's be like a mystery uh there's just like there's like this guy in a blue cloak that i can't see his face and he's just sitting on a rock and he's waiting for me to bring him a specific fish so I want, or there's like a, there's some mystery, uh, mystery uh, uh, symbols on a rock. There's, um, there's just crazy shit everywhere, and I, I is a very fun game. So I'm going to definitely see that through to the end. Um, yeah, it's, so it's I, a good one. I was I watched yeah. like ten minutes of gameplay of it, and I was sold on it like instantaneously. Yeah. Like it, it's it, like you say, it's it's it scratches that itch of like the organizational mm-hmm. mind because yeah. you sort of have that like Tetris style inventory, not yeah. only for like the fish you're catching, but also like the equipment you're carrying and things like yeah, the, your the engine crab nets. for your boat and the crab nets and stuff. Yeah, the lo- the lobster nets. You're like, okay, well, uh, I have, and you can have different ones. You can have different sizes, different qualities. So I'm going to toss one here, toss one here. You yeah. mark it on your map, and in two days, I got to make sure to come back to get it, pick them up. The mm-hmm. nets have to be repaired. I got to take those back, repair them, and you just kind of rinse and repeat. And then you do that sort of, yeah, that upward grind of like get more yeah. resources to make more money, to buy better things, to get more resources. To get... yeah. So, yeah. And then, but yeah. on top of that, like you say, it's also that sort of eldritch horror yeah. kind of story going yeah. on to it as well. It's very like, it reminds me of uh, Don't Starve, where you like, the world starts to change mm-hmm. and you start to see things differently the more madness you accrue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the map is very Sea of Thieves like. 
And it does something that CT doesn't do is it has different symbols and different colors per marker. So instead of just having a, uh, a black circle, I think, in Sea of Thieves, that's the only thing you do, is you can do different symbols and different colors, which is what I want. But it is very fun. It's very intuitive. I'm never I'm never confused with any sort of the interface. I yeah. kind of know always how to navigate it. It prevents the fishing in a very fun, satisfying way. I thought to myself, I'm like, if this fishing is going to be like Sea of Thieves, I'm not, I'm not going to be into it. But it doesn't. It's a very, very fun game. And there's a very easy, very, very easy mode, Ryan. If you don't want to go through that whole scary madness part, they, oh, there man. is a way to really dial that down if you just want to play through the story. So um, other than that, I have I haven't played since before I left for Italy, but I've I've still been playing the original Diablo. Um, that saves on my laptop, not here, so I can only play it at certain times. And then, yeah, that's oh fuck on the so on the way back on the way back from Italy, I didn't bother to charge my Steam Deck because on the way there I had a reasonably new plane which had a plug, so I thought to myself, I'm like, well, I'm not going to charge it. I'll just plug it in on the plane and I'll play it on the plane. I get on this plane, I'm feeling around. I can feel the USB one. I'm like, oh fuck! And I asked the guy, I'm like, uh, can you show me where you know like the traditional outlet is? It was, oh, there aren't any on this plane. This is, they're only the USB ones. And I'm just like, mm, okay, okay. <laughs> my brother, and he's, and he's holding his switch. He's like, you should have fucking charged it before you left. So I'm like, ah, I've been in this situation before. And then I just went back to staring at nothing. <laughs> oh my Christ. You're like, don't worry. I got this one. Yeah. I got I got <laughs> video games up here, but I got stuff to work out up here. I'm playing head. Pong in my head at all times. <laughs> so that's what I've been playing. All right, Matt, what have you been playing? Me? What? You're, you're the last one. Uh, I don't know if I this happened this week or last week, but I finished Divinity Two. Uh, that game was very long and uh, good. I liked it. I did most of this. I don't know. If, I don't know if I want to say most of the side quests, but I did a whole bunch of the side content to the point where the end actually wasn't that bad. Um, Can I interest you in another hundreds of hours, Larry, an RPG? Are you going to say Baldur's Gate? <laughs> well, that was the crazy thing was like I started Divinity so long ago, and then I finished it and it was like you guys were already talking about Baldur's Gate 3 and like, I don't know if you guys were talking about preloading, but if there was a preload period, it was in that period. And I was like, Jesus, like I just finished this in time for yet another massive experience. And then fucking Starfield's coming out in like 21 days as of recording this. So for early access. So yeah, a little, little crazy. Um, but yeah, so Divinity 2 done complete. I don't need to play it again. It was fun though. I liked it. Uh, Larian puts too much stuff in their games. That's not a complaint. That's a compliment, but it is too much. And I have a headache most of the time when I play it because I'm always thinking like, hang on, like that person said something kind of weird. Is there a whole plot behind that? Is there another like whole layer layer to this island? Like what's going on? And sometimes there is legitimately. Sometimes it's, oh, there's a little door that I found here. What's this? Oh, I just found 10 hours of shit. Like, yep. fantastic. And I could have walked right by it. So Here's a question for you. Did anybody in your group have the ability to speak with animals? Me. Yeah. Okay. Did you and talk I, to all the animals you could? All of them. Yeah. So I, I got the, the skill in act two because I noticed how much of a pain in the ass it was to not have it in act one. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then I talked to everything in act two and on. 
Yeah, so you you would have seen all of the like missable quest lines that you can get from animals that you can only get if somebody can speak with animals. Yeah, some of the and some of the best quests in that game are are given by like animals, like the one where the turtle is like trying to um, impress the rat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I did find with like one complaint I do have, and it is an older game, so it, you know it probably suffers from this, but a lo- those type of quests like a lot of the time just didn't work. So I would put this like put the bait down and do whatever I'm supposed to do. And I'm like, why isn't this working? And then I, I look it up at that point because I'm like, OK, I think this is a bug now. I don't think this is a, pro- a puzzle solving problem. And then I go and I search it up and I am doing it correctly. And I'm watching a video and I am doing it correctly. But the like the the NPCs just don't move together. So like the the, the rat and the turtle, like I'm kind of roughly remembering this, but there's you're supposed to put bait down or put like some stuff down and they kind of go toward each other and they have a conversation and, you know, hurry, you beat the quest. But um they wouldn't move together and so one person in my party has teleportation so they like teleported them together and it, they still just walked back to their original thing we're like okay this is bugged and there was a few things like that uh and then one other complaint i had was um and maybe this is like a you know get good scrub moment but like there's definitely moments where it just suddenly like i'll be like oh you know i did three or four quests and and you know struggled through them maybe even had to load a couple times because we died or something Struggled through it, got got it done. And it's like, oh, cool. Like there's another quest in this area. And it just the difficulty goes from like zero to like 2000 in oh, a yeah. second. And you're like, oh, what's happening? And then all of a sudden, like the whole world explodes. A bunch of portals open up, a bunch of Void Awoken show up and you're just fucking dead. And you're like, well, yep. I guess I'm fucking dead. Um, so there's, there's moments a, like that for sure. The, the meme in, the, in that games community that's just like how many fire or uh, how many fights always end up in like a necro fire just everywhere. Oh, fuck me. The fire is just <laughs> wild. Like I had so much fire resistance by the end because I was just like, I can't I can't handle this like this is. And, and what was funny, actually, was a lot of the NPCs that you fight also had fire resistance by the end because they're probably sick of the shit, too. Well, because it's just like the game almost sets up these like uh, combat arenas mm-hmm. like we have all these fires everywhere. We have these NPCs who have spells that will inevitably corrupt everything in the battlefield. So it's either corrupted water, it's corrupted fire, it's corrupted poison it's corrupted fog. fog yeah it's just we got the death fog everywhere you just you just have to just not step in the fire just don't just don't do it and just don't blow up and don't ever get wet and don't ever get hit by lightning <laughs> no status effects while you're surrounded by and probably standing on a status effect of some kind yeah is basically yeah that, that game becomes like a total disaster there's one one part in particular where you go to this place called the the tar pits or the black pits maybe and it's like oil everywhere and oil blobs spawn and there's a bunch of flammable shit and there's just explosions going off fucking every like fucking everywhere and i remember the first time we 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 showed up we showed up and i'm like well what's this and i was like slightly ahead of the group and i trigger something i'm like oh fuck and the whole fucking map blows up and like somebody was in my party i was they're like did i just freeze he's like oh no we're just all dead like <laughs> that was the end yeah. of that chapter. So that's 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 divinity too. Um I I liked it a lot. I the one sort of story complaint I had with it, and maybe it was just because we were playing with I was playing with another person that's kind of like wants to quickly go through lore, like they're not like super interested in lore, is that there was sometimes an objective that was super unclear. Um so it'd be something like it would say, Oh, you know, you need I'm trying to like avoid spoilers, so it'd be like, hey, you know you can save this person. So you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to try to save this villain character or something. And then 
you know, you kind of go down the road, down the road, you know, keep playing the story, keep playing the story. And then that, that moment comes up where it's like, oh shit, like I have a choice of either to, you know, attack or kill this person or to be nice to them or side with them. And sometimes like the one choice is just not feasible where one choice, the difficulty is like 2000 and the other choice, the difficulty is four. And it's sort of like, well, are we going to not progress the story or are we just going to choose like, you know, we died load and then choose the easier option. And sometimes that would happen, um, which was kind of annoying. And then some of the choices too, and this might've been because we weren't like fully paying attention in a group of players, but um, I just didn't really know like what they expected of me. Like it was sort of like, there's like this, there's like this one objective with a tree and I'm like, I thought these people were good. Like, are they evil? But like, I don't know how to check that other than Googling it now. And it's just, just a couple of weird sort of things that became that became kind of more like an annoyance than, than not. Um, but uh, the only thing I really missed was like, we missed one piece of the devourer armor. I think it was, which was kind of annoying because I was working on that. We progressed the game. And then it's like, Oh, by the way, like that's back in the other thing. And it's in this like random corner. And I'm like, fuck, like, of course we have every other piece except for this, uh, which was kind of a pain in the ass. I think it's the devourer armor. It's one of the sets anyway, but uh Beyond Divinity 2 and its and its craziness, uh, I will say that Baldur's Gate, one of the, my favorite features of Baldur's Gate, is the fact that you can use physics. So there's a little bit of that in Divinity 2, but like being able to push people, being able to jump over things, because there are there is some like innovative uh, troubleshooting and and things you can do in Divinity. Like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll close the door really quick while this character like teleports somebody in so that they don't see that I'm killing them because when I started the fight before there were too many people and I died. So like you know, it's there is some of that, but I find with Baldur's Gate. Even the, even just with the jumping and the pushing and a little more of those physics based things, it opens that up even more where you can do things like, oh, this person walks near a ledge. I'm just going to fucking push them off the ledge and they're going to you know die or they're going to get hurt really bad. And then I'll deal with the rest of them while they have to use four turns to get back to me. That doesn't really exist in Divinity, which is a little unfortunate. And like Tim said, it's all about status effects in that game. Like it just becomes like, oh, let's Gerard Butler them through a door. But then later on in the game, everyone has a bunch of resistances. So it's like, well, fuck, like now we have this trap, this fire trap all set up along this door and it's doing nothing or it's healing them in some cases which is chaos yeah with like the physical armor and the magical armor and then the health like divinity is just a it's a purely the meta of that game is just do as much damage as fast as you possibly can like crowd control and damage and that's it there's like don't ever stop to heal don't ever stop to like buff or anything it's just do as much damage as fast as you possibly can yeah it, it like D- divinity 100 like it i think i've said this before but it, it feels like the melding of like a Baldur's Gate sort of, I would say like a complex RPG like that, where there's a lot of freedoms, a lot of different ways to troubleshoot things. Um, and so it's a, it's a hybrid of that. And then just like a turn-based beat em up game. That's the kind of the way I feel with it. And then Baldur's Gate, obviously Baldur's Gate three, I'm, t- I'm talking about like kind of goes harder into the, you know, let's give the player even more options where going in there and smashing everyone to bits. Isn't always the, the correct way to do it or not even the easiest way to do it. And, you know, again, divinity has a little bit of that, but not as much. It's like a way to do it, but there's like any of the NPCs you come across in the game, like killing them is always an option. And it's usually even an option in like conversation. It'll just be like, I'm sick of this attack or, Oh, my flare attack. Or, you know, you seem like a bad person attack or whatever, or or you wronged me like uh, slightly like 10 hours ago attack. (laughs) <laughs> like it's it's always an option um but there's usually like at least two other ways that everything can end so there's a lot more freedom of like outcomes 
with that a lot more characters that interact with each other on a grander scale and uh i think like the mantra that they really wanted to go for that game was like actions have consequences like it's not going to be like a skyrim where you kill this one person who's like actually maybe this is a bad example because they have like unkillable npcs but um say like morrowind for example where you can kill anybody and uh you you kill this person who's affiliated with this like organization and they won't care like they just they don't have any knowledge that this other person was part of their organization they just sort of exist as like a satellite member of it and what you've done with them or how you interact with them doesn't affect your reputation with the rest of the organization at all whereas in like Baldur's Gate you will find people that are all part of the same organization in like multiple points throughout the world and so there's one part where there was a place, there were these people, uh, a conversation dialogue option went wrong and they attacked me. So I killed them all. And then, you know, a couple hours later, I'm in a completely different part of the map. And there, my character just happens to make like a history check and notices that they're wearing a similar uh, like pendant or piece of armor or something that was like similar to the original, the other group of people. And then one of my dialogue options was like, oh, you know, I killed all the rest of these people of, oh. of, of your organization. Like, is that going to be a problem? And they're just like, oh, it's not a problem for me, but just know that you've got a target on your back now from the rest of the organization. So, like, Shit. every every decision that you make, even if it can be something as small as you're just trying to convince somebody of something with a persuasion role and you don't happen to make the role, and then if you just end up killing everybody in a fight, now you have a whole organization that's like pissed off at you. So I like that actually actions and consequences. Like characters are, it's a massive web. Like I can't fathom what the, just, if you had like a screen that had every NPC on it in Baldur's Gate three and a line from every NPC to another that had even a slight affiliation where they reference each other, or if they have a quest in common or an organization in common or whatever it is, it would just probably be a solid black screen because all of the lines are just crisscrossing across everything from every other character. And it's like, it's the, the scope is, is wild. Imagine so. troubleshooting that where it's like, Jesus, like I can't reproduce this. And it's like, Oh, it's because this character killed that person's uncle, but that was in the back of the mm. other thing. And then it becomes this whole fucking unraveling of a problem. Like, that's- I think, I think that's why like mechanically speaking, they don't let you use revivify scrolls on NPCs because mm. you could like kill a character and then that's going to trigger something for another character at a different point of the world. And if you can kill them, trigger that, and then just bring them back to life with a revivify scroll and then carry like have them carry on as if nothing happened. Or they'll be like, bro, you fucking killed me. What the hell was that? Like <laughs> now, I'm, you know, all of my people are going to hunt you down for the rest of your days kind of thing. Um, that would just complicate things even further. Right. So um, it's just kind of funny. Like it's sort of just a side tangent. Like, there's that one uh Baldur's Gate 3 review that was going around that like screenshot of the review where they were like uh where it was a positive review and they were just trying to make a joke basically and say like oh I you know I I killed a lady and then I brought her back to life and I gaslit her into thinking I was the hero that saved the day and now she's like indebted to me 11 out of 10 game of the year kind of thing like that and everyone it was really like a lot of the comments were saying like oh my god I didn't know you can do that like this is the greatest game ever and every time I see like those comments, I was just like, you can't though. You can't do that. Like it's, it's whether they were just trying to make a fake review or they played the game a little bit and then thought, oh, this would be funny. I'm going to make this like post. Make this review. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, 
it would be cool if you could. Yeah, that would be great if you could do that, but you can't. So you're kind of selling the game on something that's that's not even possible, which is a shame because there's so much that you can do in this game. But that's the one thing you can't do. <laughs> and, and of course, that went viral. Now. And that's the part that goes viral. Yeah. But either way, 11, still 11 out of 10. Uh, I, if I had to give Divinity a score, I'd say like a solid eight, eight and a half, maybe something like that. Um, I think I, if I paid more attention to the lore, it might have got a little better, but then it also would have taken longer and I probably would have still been playing it. So I don't know. I don't, I'm a little on the fence there. Eight or eight and a half, I'd say. Uh, but other than that, just sort of the standard uh, doing some Fortnite. Almost completed the season. Level 96 out of 100. Uh, trying to get Optimus Prime, which is pretty good. And then I also did quite a bit of uh, No Man's Sky. I've been really enjoying that. Building up my settlement, getting new ships, messing around with new uh, materials and researching things. And uh, I'm working on trying to get some automation to my bases so that I don't have to constantly farm things myself. I'll have like a stock of, you know, some basic supplies, stock of oxygen, a stock of this, a stock of that. So that's kind of what I'm working on. Um, trying to get a new ship in that game right now. I do have one, but it's super complex because I found it. And it's so beat up that it's super expensive for me to fix it right now. And it's not really feasible. So I'm trying to find like a proper like next step ship so I can kind of step up and kind of level up, quote unquote, level up in that game. But um, other than that, that has been my week. And for me, just real quick, Baldur's Gate 3, been having a lot of fun. Uh, I understand a lot more running through it on my own because like I was just on kind of autopilot when we were playing it for stream. I let Tim answer all my questions. <laughs> and um, Overwatch 2 just got updated. New, brand new season, new hero. Played some of the new maps and modes. And that was kind of fun. Haven't got much chance with the new hero. Uh, it's a healer. And uh, she has like a some sort of light gun. And a, a healing turret, which is kind of interesting. So she throws down like a turret that like, can, she can stick on anywhere. And then it will shoot at these balls of healing at uh, nearby friendly characters. Does she have to be within a radius of that turret, or can she be like on the complete opposite side of that map? Yeah, I think the turret is self-operating. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh. So more more turrets in the game for you to get pissed oh. off at and shoot when it's the enemy's turret. Oh, must be nice. Tell Overwatch too. I say hi. I hope, oh. it's, I hope it's doing well, and I wish oh. you all the best. Player counts low. All mm-hmm. right. Um. Uh, other than that, um, Fortnite. That's it. Diablo, Diablo Four, got the season and that going. Got till October on that one. But man, we played we played Diablo for such a for such a minimal amount of time, and then we just like barely play it now. (laughs) I I blame I blame Adriano. What you you abandoned us? Went back to Diablo One, and then we used to play it uh, after the podcast. Yeah, that wasn't the normal time we played it. But I guess I'll take that as a as a as a as a compliment as flattery. That I'm the linchpin <laughs> that held the Diablo playthrough together. But honestly, kinda, yeah. We can we can play something else. We can play <laughs> Remnant 2. We oh, were talking about we Diablo. We're talking about doing Remnant 2. Yeah. Remnant's only three player. But we can play something else and then we can also play Remnant. <laughs> Ryan, at some point before you, if you say Borderlands. <laughs> <laughs> before September would we'll, we'll not cost more Borderlands. Sometime before September. Do you remember the last time we played? 
No. I beat fucking Divinity 2 <laughs> playing it less than once a week on average well, faster than you guys have beaten Borderlands. <laughs> wait, wait. We beat Borderlands. We beat Borderlands and we beat the first two packs. We have to now do the th- third of the third of four packs for season one. And then there's season two. And then there's Wonderlands. Which I have purchased and installed. Wait, is that another have, game? It's ready it's to a go. whole other game. I bought it. I, did I buy it? I, I think we bought it when it was like oh. 20, 26 bucks or something like that. Spread, yeah, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Borderlands, PC, Steam, hey, uh, Chaotic Great Edition is what it's called. Yep. And there's a bunch of DLC with it as well. <laughs> we will get there. I promise we will get there. And that that's a promise to Matt, not to Ryan. He knows that we'll get there. Once once your PC is set up, you got your yeah. new drive in and your, it's at your new place. We'll get yeah. back to the Borderlands. Yeah, and I'll finally maybe not pay upwards of two hundred dollars to play Dead Space. All right, if and you want to see, if you, yeah, <laughs> if you want to see Tim playing Baldur's Gate, where can they do that, Tim? I don't know, somewhere. YouTube, maybe. Twitch.tv/slash the sidetrack, where we are always distracted, but not always open. Uh, yeah, like you <laughs> said, Mondays to Fridays. Usually 10-ish o'clock Eastern Standard Time AM doing lots of Baldur's Gate. Um, I feel like the streams might get longer as I get into like newer stuff because I'll just be like constantly being like, oh, what's over here? What's over there? What's over here? And then I'll just inevitably be doing like longer and longer streams because I won't realize what time it is. And I'll just be like constantly chasing down every new story thread that I'm finding or like interacting with this character or looking at different uh, genital customizations for new characters, but there's always something something new to do and see in Baldur's Gate. Alright, and then I guess we're also playing Baldur's Gate. Twitch.tv slash Day One Patch Media Wednesdays 9pm Eastern. Alright, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Peace.